Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. So we are in our glory series, part eight. We're getting there. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're getting there. Um, All right, so we've been walking through the book of Ephesians together, and today we're going to be in chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. But um, as you are turning there or tapping there or whatever, um, I want to make sure everybody knows about some things that we've got going on. First of all, if you're a first-time guest or if you've been here a while and never filled out a Connect card, there's a QR code on a seat in front of you or behind me. And just scan that with your phone, fill that out so we can kind of get you connected with the communication flow of what's going on. That's a good indicator. If you never know what's going on around here, it's probably because you need to do that, okay? Just do that so that you can stay uh, in that communication flow. We're having Welcome Home today, which is 30 minutes, right in that glass room, right outside this room, 30 minutes of just hearing the vision of this house and um, man, we want to connect with you, and I'll be in there and to answer any questions you have about this uh, church family and how you can get plugged in here and how we can help you take your next step with Jesus. Because I don't know, every person in this room has a next step to take with God. And so what we exist to do is just help you to find out what that is, and we want to just follow, uh, just come alongside of you and help you take your next step with Jesus. So welcome home, it's happening right after service today. Um, I got some big news. I got some big news. You know, just in a couple weeks, three weeks, is it three? We're having Easter, okay? Now, Easter is one of the the most highly attended services of the year. We all know that. I mean, you know, people come out of the woodwork, hadn't been to church uh, all year long, and you go show up on Easter, you know. But hey, I love that because, number one, I I believe that every, uh, every person that walks in a church building on Easter Sunday, whether they've been to church all year or not, they're gonna hear, hopefully, hear a message that will change their life and be just in the presence of other believers in his presence. And we just believe more than more can happen in two seconds in his presence than 20 years of studying the Bible and going to church and all that. And so what we're doing as a church is we're making a big deal out of Easter this year. And we always have, but this year especially, I just believe this is gonna be a turning point for many, many people in their relationship with Jesus and just maybe starting a relationship with Jesus. And so the big news is this. I mean, Easter wasn't the big news. I mean, it is a big deal, you know. Um, But we are going to two services this Easter. So that, because one of the things we say around here is we make room for God, we make room for people, and we make room for more. We can't just say we make room for people if we don't really do it. And I'm gonna tell you, if everybody in this room invited one person, it would be physically impossible to fit, this in, fit them in this room, okay? And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna have two services on Easter, nine o'clock and 11 o'clock, okay? And I'm really excited about it. Are y'all as excited about this as I am? I'm pumped about it. So here's what I wanna challenge you with, okay? We're looking forward to Easter in just a few weeks, and I want you to be thinking about that person. Maybe the Lord's even laying you laying that person on your heart right now about who to invite and who to pray for. And 
out in the lobby on that greenery wall out there, we've got a little table and it's got some little cards and a pen and the, on the little cards are a little hook. And I want you to think about as, you're, as, you, as you leave service today, and this, they're gonna be out there until, until Easter, okay? I want us to think about that person who just needs some hope. I want you to think about that neighbor or that coworker, that person in your family. And listen, you might have asked them 500 times to come to church with you, and they hadn't said yes yet. But I'm just believing God for uh, an answer, a yes this Easter that we're going to pray for. And so on that green rail, it says pray. And so this is the person you're praying for and you're committing to invite to Easter Sunday service, okay? So fill that out on your way out. Sound good? Put it up there. Let's believe God to do some miracles in people's lives. All right, you ready to jump into Ephesians again? Are you there? It's going to be back here. It's going to be on the screen if you're not. So all right, I want to talk about the glory. We've, this has been the series that we're in, glory. Do y'all remember that old Peter Cetera song, The Glory of Love? Come on, let me show where are my old people at back here. We did it all for the glory of love. You know what I'm saying? I won't sing anymore. Um, but that's what I was, I've been singing that all week because I know I'm talking about this today. But glory, the glory of Jesus is inseparable from the love of Jesus. We talk about the love of I mean, do we talk about the glory? Moses asked, he says, Lord, show me your glory. And God says, I will let my goodness pass before you. I've been like, Moses, I've been a little, you know, airheaded and said, what I said, glory. And you're saying goodness. To God, it's the same thing. His glory is his love. It is his goodness. It is his faithful love. And so I want to talk about that today. Verse 14 Paul says to the Ephesians, he says, when I think of all this, and that's the previous three chapters, okay? So what we've been talking about for the last several weeks, identity, the purposes of God in your life, what he says about you. I love that word that Daniela released over us this morning. We just need to wear that identity like a robe. And the Lord's doing that in our house right now. But this is what Paul says, when I think about all of this, all this talk about identity, who God says you are, who God says you are, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And then Paul begins this beautiful prayer for the Ephesians. And you can get on in on this prayer too, okay? Just FYI. He says this, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. I love that, glorious unlimited resources. That's part of his glory, is that he has everything you need. Amen, Gunner. Amen. He has everything you need. Yeah, but I like to worry. I like to get all upset about it. Don't take that away from me, you know. No, he has everything you need. And so you're stressed out, you're worried. If you're weary in here today, if you're tired, his resources and his strength are limitless. And he wants to give you what he has. In fact, he wants to just cause you to believe, remind you what you've already been given in Christ. And so... Verse 17, he says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts. I love that. 
that word make his home in your living translation just goes ahead and spells out that word for us. It's just dwelling. I like that word. I like that. But it's, it's, it's Jesus coming and settling down. He's settling in. He's making his home in us. And it says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and, and, and keep you strong. And so it's by faith, not only that we realize that he's making his home in us, but it's by faith that we make him welcome. It's a life of faith and trust that invites God to be all that he is in us. That's how it happens. You ever met somebody that's just like, that's the godliest person I've ever met in my life. Like when they pray, I just know it's happening. You know, when they're, when they're walking, they just look more like Jesus than anybody else. It's because they've just let that thing happen. They've just, they're just letting the roots of, of God's love get down inside of them. I, someone shared a podcast with me this, this last week. It was Adam about the stages of the Christian life. And I never quite heard this like this before, but the last stage of maturity is this becoming love. It's where you're so entangled to use Will Smith <laughs> or whatever. To, you are so entangled and intertwined with the love of God that it really just defines who you are as a person. And you not only know his love, you become it to everyone around you. And not many people make it that far, I don't think. But I want to. How about you? I want it to be to where I'm no longer recognizable as the old gunner, but I look more and more like Jesus as much as possible. Then we sell ourselves short to what is actually possible. I want Jesus to live his life fully through me. And how does he do that? Through love. Not through how much I know. Not through what my gifts are. Not even through how I serve but it's through love. And um, so it's not just the, the roots. It said, maybe you be rooted and grounded in love. Some translations say. So it's not just this love of God that we are rooted in, but it's also love for each other. The love that's found in the community of the body of Christ. Um, has anybody ever seen the redwoods out in California, like per, in person? Now, you can see pictures of them. I've never seen them in person, but I just know. You look at a picture of mountains, but when you go to the mountains, you're like, whoa. You know, these trees are enormous, right? I mean, some of them, you, they've cut them out. You drive cars in, in there through them. The redwoods in, in California, um, and you've probably heard this before, but the root system on these huge trees sometimes can stretch 100 feet away from the base of the tree. And the, the cool thing about it is that the trees that are all around each other, those roots, they're not real deep, but they connect with each other. And the root systems to this family of trees, if you will, become so intertwined that not only they're sharing the nutrients in the soil, uh, reminds me of the early church. They had all things in common. They shared what they had, you know. But, uh, but, also, but also in the winds and in the rains and in the floods, in the storms, when the storms come, 
the trees aren't out there standing on their own. But in their very foundation, through community, they find strength. And it's no different in the body of Christ. We're not meant to stand out there alone in the middle of a storm. So I'm going to tell you, if you're standing out there alone in the middle of a storm, get you some people around you, no matter how risky it may be. And I talked about this a couple of weeks. I'm going to harp on this. Sometimes we isolate ourselves because we're afraid of how people will perceive us. The more rooted you get in your identity, the more open you will be to people. I'm just saying, the most isolated people are the people who have no clue about their identity. The more you realize who you are in Christ, you'll pursue these relationships. You'll pursue community. Uh, the purpose of community is that you'd be so intertwined in relationships with other believers that when you suffer, you don't have to suffer alone. That when something happens it's the greatest, that brings the greatest joy in your life, you don't have to rejoice alone. You don't have to cry alone. You don't have to celebrate alone. It's the will of God for your life for you to be not just have some friends, but you have community. Community. Community is so important. It's where we see God's love demonstrated. It is possible to not know who you truly are until you find community. I think about Adam in the garden. God says, I'm not finished yet. Like, you're not complete until you're sharing this. You ever thought about that? Even if you're single in this room, I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about community. Like you're not complete until you find, find community. Until you open up and just be vulnerable enough, be risky enough to put it out there. I think about Paul on the road to Damascus. I talked about that last week. Jesus just knocks him off his horse and blinds him. And uh, it says, why are you persecuting me? I got a bigger purpose for your life. And was the first thing God tells Paul to do is go see this guy over here called, named Ananias. He's going to tell you more. I mean, he could have given him a, a, just a download right there on the ground while he was blind and given him everything he'd need to know, but he sends him to a community. Maybe there's something important about that. I don't know. I've been listening to a Christian psychologist and author uh, named Kurt Thompson He's got a podcast. What's the name of the podcast? I shared it with you. I can't remember. You're supposed to remember everything. Um, Being Known. Being Known is the name of the podcast. Dr. Kurt Thompson. And here's what he says. We need others to bear witness to our deepest longings, our greatest joys, our most painful shame, and all the rest in order to have any sense at all of ourselves. I think that's true. I'm no psychologist, <laughs> but that sounds like wisdom. I would add, the mightier the tree, the more the need for deep roots and community. Some, some of the most highly gifted, just talented, skilled, amazing people that I've ever met, some, some of them, I've seen their life get wrecked because they would not choose into community. Because none of us are built for that. 
None of us are built to be the loner. I mean, you can be an introvert. I'm at, at the heart of me. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much introverted. Okay. But I better be, I better be willing to open up my life to other people or I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to become who I am in Christ without community. And you won't either. So being rooted and grounded in love in a very real sense is being known by God and known by others. So get in a community. And we make it easy for it. We open the communities back up so you can get in one, okay? So the dwellingchurch.org, just go, the dwellingchurch.org, right there on the homepage, there's a community button. Find a community. There's one near you for you to get plugged into. Verse 18. You still with me this morning? I'm getting there. And may you have the power, Paul prays, to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. See, his love is wide. That means there's no distance that you could go that his love cannot reach you. So if you're here this morning, you think, you know, I'm pretty far from God. No, you're not. You're not. Is that comforting to you? Or do you just don't, I don't believe that preacher? Because I feel far from God. I don't care what you say. God's love is right there where you are. I don't care if you've been the worst place in your life, just, just eaten up with the choices that you have made that's got, that may have wrecked your life. God's love's right there with you. All you got to do is receive it. All you got to do is maybe just turn around and look. The Father's standing there with open arms. There's no distance that you can run that God's love is not wide enough to reach. There is no, there is no amount of sin that you could stack up or shame that you could stack up so high to convince yourself God could never cover that. Well, it says his love is high. The psalmist said it's higher than the mountains. In the highest mountains. His love covers that. And his love can come and cover your shame and your sin this morning. But it says his love is deep. He's not surface level. He's not surface level. And when he comes in and cleanses a life, he doesn't cleanse on the surface. He cleanses deep. He changes us from the very middle, the very center of our being. That's what he wants to do in here today. And some of you, I know, I know what's going on. You think, oh, I know God. I mean, I did that thing. I said that prayer way back when. But if you really look a little deeper, you be honest with yourself this morning. There's some broken places in your life. There's some brokenness. And there's no shame in this room right now. There's no shame coming from me. There's no guilt coming from me. There's no guilt coming from your father. He may be pinpointing these things right now because he wants to heal it. He wants to restore, just like we sang about what's broken. And then we, and in verse 19, I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up because I'm, I'm wrapping up this morning. Verse 19, just because they're coming up here, don't check out on me. Say, okay, Gunner. Okay, All right. Paul says, may you experience the love of Christ, 
though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. As much as God values the mind and the intellect, I mean, he created it after all, right? I think uh, too much of church is just like leaving our mind at the door. I'm all for being thinking believers, okay? But there are some things you can never grasp with your mind. You must experience it. The getting into the kingdom, you don't get in head first, you get in heart first. And so the love of God, Paul says it's, it surpasses knowledge. The love of God surpasses knowledge. It breaks the, the bounds of intellectual reasoning. It's deeper than what you can just know. Like I can know the Bible, I can know scripture, I can know who he is, but until I've actually experienced the love of God, I'm gonna tell you that changes everything. And you can grow up your whole life in church and you can get all the religion in the world. But you see Paul on the road to Damascus, he, had, he was the most religious person on the earth. He had the Torah memorized. He was a teacher of the law. He was like the man when it came to religion. And Jesus had to knock him off and blind him to get him humbled enough to say, hey, actually, you're missing the main point, brother. You're missing the main thing, that you know me. Jesus talked to the religious leaders of his day and he said, you pour over the scriptures. Like you pour over the word because you think you're gonna find life. But if you just look to me, I am the God of these scriptures. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it is possible in our religion and our religiousness, if that's a word, to know all the right answers, but not know him. You know that? So I wanna ask you to examine your heart this morning because here's the context of it. It's not, Gunner's bashing us because we're not, you know, we don't know him, we, just, we, we know the word, but no, this is the context. Jesus loves you so much. And he loves you too much to let you just know about him. He's the best thing. He's the most beautiful person that you'll ever meet. He's the kindest person you'll ever know. If you've experienced love before, that love, as pure as it is, is only but a taste of what true love is like. The love that's found in Jesus. I love how Paul says, made complete. Some translations say, filled with all the fullness. But I want you to think of it this way. It's not being like filled like a container. It's, it's more this word, it's this actually same Greek word Jesus used when he talks about putting a patch on a garment. It's about being made whole again. May you be made complete. May you be made whole. May the gaps in your life be, be patched up by the love of Jesus. I want to read a quote 
for you. Before I do that, verse 20 says this, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work in us to accomplish infinitely more than we might even ask or think. You may be, you may think you're, you're too broken. You may be, you may be thinking I'm too far for God to reach me, for God to love me. You're not. Infinitely more than we can even ask or think. If you let him, his love will blow your mind. It'll change your life. I want to read a quote by Brennan Manning. Some of you probably know about Brennan Manning. Um, that he wrote a book called Ragamuffin Gospel. He wrote another book that has been uh, a life, a game changer for my life. It's called Abba's Child. So go on Amazon and get that one because it'll rock your world. But Brennan says this, and I want to read this and just warning, this is a long quote, but it's so beautiful. I've just got to read every bit of it. He says, the compassion of Jesus is the compassion of Almighty God. And Jesus says to your heart and mind, don't ever be so foolish as to measure my compassion for you in terms of your compassion for one another. Don't ever be so silly as to compare your thin, pallid, wavering, moody, depending on smooth circumstances, human compassion with mine, for I am God as well as man. And Brennan says, when you read in the gospels that Jesus was moved with compassion, it is saying that his gut was wrenched, his heart torn open, and the most vulnerable part of his being laid bare. The ground of all being shook, the source of all life trembled, the heart of all love burst open, and the unfathomable depths of the relentless tenderness was laid bare. Your Christian life and mine don't make any sense unless in the depth of our beings we believe that Jesus not only knows what hurts us, but knowing seeks us out wherever our poverty, wherever our pain. His plea to his people is this, come now wounded, frightened, angry, lonely, empty, and I'll meet you where you live. And I'll love you as you are, not as you should be, because you're never gonna be as you should be. Do you really believe this? With all the wrong turns you made in your past, the mistakes, the moments of selfishness, dishonesty, and degraded love, do you really believe that Jesus Christ loves you? Not the person next to you, not the church, not the world, but that he loves you. Beyond worthiness and unworthiness, beyond fidelity and infidelity, that he loves you in the morning sun and in the evening rain. Without caution, regret, boundary, limit, no matter what's gone down, he cannot stop loving you. This is the Jesus of the Gospels. That's Jesus. And the religion in me wants to say, yeah, but... But there's no yeah, but. Jesus loves you. Come now wounded, frightened, angry, lonely, empty. He says, I'll meet you where you live. Isn't that beautiful? He's not waiting on you to get cleaned up. He just says, come. 
So I want to ask the community leaders that are here to come on up, line up on the foot of the stage right here. And as we sing this last song, worship team's going to lead us. I want you to respond to the love of God. And that's going to be different for every single person in this room. But some of you, you've gotten the religion, you've gotten church down pat. Man, we could have a Bible, Bible drill and you'd be there in two seconds, you know. We could have a Bible quiz and you'd win it. But if you be honest, you don't really know him. Will you get to know him today? We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.